A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Working Hard, Hardly Working. I'm going to go straight into it. My guest today is Nicola Elliott, founder and creative director of Neom Organics, one of the first and fastest growing wellbeing brands in the UK, which specialises in 100% natural fragrances. Nicola's inspiration for Neom came while working as a magazine editor when she realised the well-being of her friends and colleagues was suffering due to the demands of their fast-paced lives. She chose to retrain in aromatherapy and fast forward to today, Neom has four standalone stores and is stocked with renowned retailers. I'm so thrilled to have her on today. We talk about everything from being a working mum to fundraising for a business to working in a magazine. She was editor of Glamour, which is incredible and definitely a dream job for lots of people to working in a business to the hardest times she's had in business as well. And when she literally said that if someone had come in and just said, you know, have a bit of money for this, I'll take it off your hand, she would have gone there. So I think it's really important in this episode um, where we talk about the reality of the shitstorm that is a business and that is running the business a lot of the time. Um, And also that it's just so different for everyone. And my most important and the thing I'm most glad that we talked about within this is women in work and is being a kind of working mum and what is expected from your children, what is, you know, kind of what that means for balancing everything beyond your everyday and beyond your work and beyond your company doing well, um, which I think will resonate with a lot of people. So I hope you enjoy the episode and please remember to like, subscribe, follow us to share it with your friends and to rate us on the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you and have a lovely day. Enjoy the episode. It's very exciting to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Grace. I'm going to start with some quick fire questions before we get fully into the the business, the products, all of that. So reading or podcasts? Reading. Time blocking or winging it? Winging. Airplane mode or notifications on? Oh, airplane mode. More or less than eight hours sleep? Exactly eight hours sleep. Oh, good. I like that one. Um, Office or working from home? Half and half. Early bird or night owl? Mm, Neither. Oh, good. (laughs) Just hate being awake. Well, I just, you know, I I know I don't like getting up out of bed, but I don't like partying late either. Oh, interesting. Older than you. Yeah, well, I, I, I actually, I think that I might like neither too, because I think that I don't want to work late and I don't want to work early. So exactly, exactly. So you're the same as me. Neither. Oh, great. Well, we should coin maybe (laughs) like a turn. A little bit in the middle. Yeah, when you've had your coffee and you were up and all the rest of it. Yeah. Maybe we should stop asking that question. It should just be like, do you enjoy the middle of the day? Maybe you should do afternoon nap. Yes or no? That is a good one. Are you a napper? On holiday. I will always go for a nap. So I have lunch, a bottle of rosé, not the whole bottle to myself. Yeah, well, of rose. sure. And then the greatest... <laughs> Your secret's safe with me. It depends. <laughs> it depends. And then I always um, have an afternoon nap. So, you know, I don't have the time to do it now, but I'm definitely going to be someone that that comes to. There is nothing you know. better than, you know, when you've been out in the sun 
and you come in for a nap and you feel yes. like all warm, you're full because yeah. you just had your lunch, maybe a little gelato. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I wish that was me today. Anyway, yeah, I have some other questions. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be surprised to hear. Um, I am going to go straight into the transition between old job, new job, um, mm-hmm. and and what that's like. So you started Neom after leaving your job as a magazine editor. Could you tell us a little more about how that originally happened? You know, was there a eureka moment in the kind of business? Or just, did you just decide to go for it? How, how was that for you? So I absolutely loved my career as a journalist. I didn't really have any plans to get out of it. I think I probably always, my dad was entrepreneurial. I think if that's in you, then, you know, it, it sort of is in you. And so I think I probably always thought I would like to work for myself. But I did love my job at Glamour. And so the idea of Neon really came about um, not because I thought oh, I want to create a business, but because I started suffering from really bad anxiety. And, you know, as part of kind of trying to get myself back on track, I started looking after my own well-being and, you know, just doing basic stuff. Like actually re- retrained as a nutritionist as well, so I became really interested in food and exercise and and the whole sort of package of looking after yourself and as part of that became really interested in aromatherapy and blending oils to sort of suit different moods and and modern kind of problems and for me that was anxiety for my sister it was sleep for my then boyfriend now husband it was lack of energy Uh, for friends of mine it was kind of mood balance so it was quite a excuse the pun an organic kind of um root into creating this product, which then I thought, actually, this is something that I think people really benefit from now. And, um, and so, and so that then became the deciding factor to, to quit my job. And actually, I ran the two things alongside each other for quite a while. You know, I didn't go, right, I'm going to stop. Yeah, that was my, that was my next question. So did you do it as a kind of quote, unquote, yeah, definitely. I don't know how anyone would I mean, you'd have to like be really quite ballsy to not do that because you kind of want yeah. that. You need some sort of green light that this is going to work. Mm. Well, exactly. It's kind of even if it's like a minimum viable product yeah. and it's kind of, you know, you're working out your audience, you're working out what people want. And that kind of because I always say that, you know, you're not going to necessarily start with your perfect product, even if you have this big idea for this app that does this yeah. and the other it's probably going to cost a lot to make. So usually you have to make other things for that audience. For me, the beginning of that was digital products. So it was just eBooks. And and that kind of turned in like three years down the line, something that cost a lot more yeah. to build. But that's, it's so true is that, you know, was there a moment that you kind of thought, shit, I, I can't balance both of these? Or um, was it kind of, I've got to put it all in if I want to make it grow? I... Well, there's a few things. So I think, first of all, we always want to start a beauty brand. And then, you know, there's a realisation that actually to be able to afford to create that many products with that, you know, the minimum order quantities required for those, we couldn't do. So there was a kind of there was a Mm. moment where it was like, oh, God, actually, all we can create is five products. And we made a decision to go with candles because actually 98 percent of candles were being made of paraffin wax. And we were like, oh, actually, there's a real opportunity to tell the benefits of not using paraffin wax and synthetic fragrances, but using natural waxes and natural fragrances. So that was kind of a, I suppose, a bit of a kink in the road and a slight change of direction to your point. And then 
with regards to leaving, I think we then took that sort of, you know, that small amount of products to um, a local trade show. And we had a day where we just sold a phenomenal amount of of product. And I I remember there being kind of a queue of people listening into our story and why the product was different. And I think that gave us the confidence that that people were interested in it. Yeah, sure. I mean, like the product might need developing a bit more and there was loads of stuff wrong. But ultimately, when we looked around at all the stands, it was ours that had the long queue with people interested. Yeah. So that was a kind of... Yeah. And that's so interesting, especially because, you know, nowadays you you hear of businesses growing and you almost automatically think that someone started a direct consumer business that's just, you know, that's on Instagram and you, you hear less about people, you know, going to trade shows and trying out these things. How important was that for you to get those in front of customers that you could kind of talk to and find out their opinions? <sighs> Well, I mean, I I think it was, you know, it's sort of part testing the market. It's part consumer research. Mm. It's part looking at what you're and touching and feeling what some of your competitors are doing. It's part being able to speak to other um, manufacturers or or product designers or whatever and and get. So we learned a lot from that. I mean, they're very expensive things to do. And it was difficult for us because there weren't that many luxury products in there. So I can't say whether honestly now we're in a digital space, whether which we weren't, you know, 15 years ago, whether we would have prioritized Mm. it or not. But it was very valuable to us. And it it allowed us to sort of test and learn in a a 360 space. And I think, you know, to your point, the, the, the problem with everyone listening to these kind of unicorns or seeing these unicorns is that there's yeah. no problem with us going, they did amazing, isn't that fantastic? Let's look at that and let's kind of all hail them. But you don't then look at, you know, the other people who are also very sophisticated, um, very, not sophisticated, a, a very successful, but might have took three mm. years to do it as opposed to one year. But the sticking power yeah. sometimes with those brands that take a little bit longer, I think, to grow as well. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think the important thing too, that I've certainly realized for myself is like, it's not all about being, you know, the biggest, what does actually suit your business? What for you, when you think of the kind of big goal for Neom, what do you, what do you see? So I, we always wanted to really get kind of everyday well-being to as many people as possible. And so, you know, in many ways, we're not about, I don't want us to be like the coolest, like the most, yeah. you know, things need to be gorgeous, need to be desirable. But, you know, we aren't really there always for the early adapters who, let's be honest, move on and move on and move on. Like my cool yeah. woman is me, you know, is kind of that, um, you know, slightly stressed and frazzled you know working woman juggling things would love the idea of doing yoga on a beach at six in the morning with a personal trainer but look that's not going to happen it might do for a day on holiday but the reality is you get up there's a fight over the cornflakes you can't get the kids into the you know in your into the school um bus on time and normal life takes over so we always thought of that woman and how we can help her. And and when I say woman, we we very much sort of produce products for a whole family, but we still recognize that women are doing the vast majority of the household buying. Um, But we fit into her lifestyle at those sort of pain points. So it might be kind of, you know, giving her that burst of energy in the home office, but it might also be helping her when she's having a panic attack before she goes into a board meeting as much as, Mm. you know, helping her to sleep at night when she's suffering from insomnia. So it's those pain points of well-being. And 
so we rather than thinking of the business so much i think how do i get how do i penetrate those very modern and they change those pain points they have changed yeah. from 10 years ago we didn't have the idea of having to get ourselves completely focused in a home office it wasn't that wasn't an issue in the way it mm. is so those change so adapting to those and getting those out to as many of our women as possible that was always sort of the goal yeah. that remains the goal really and and how quickly did you pinpoint that that was your ideal customer and that that because I think you know one of the most important things with building a brand is working out who your yeah. ideal customer is what they want so that you can also know when they evolve mm-hmm. too because otherwise you know you're you're always slightly behind and you're being reactive rather than proactive and you need to kind of reframe that how quickly were you able to kind of think okay well we're not going for everyone here we are going for this specific person like mm-hmm. the nicola or the you know whatever how how quick was that for you well, and how that did was you the, that was the essence kind of really of, do that process yeah that was the essence of of the idea and the the idea mm. creating was for for me and so it actually makes your product development. It makes your tone of voice. It makes everything kind of easier. I mean, a brand, I think, is a, is is a is a product that's come to life and sort of has its own personality. And so, you need mm. to almost know if that brand had breakfast, what would it ha- What would it eat for breakfast? If that brand, you know, had an opinion on, I don't know, something that was going on in the world, what would that brand's opinion be? Yeah. And if I'm honest, a lot of that is me because it makes it easier you know and I think that's why brands with founders end up being quite strong brands because they are unified in all of those kind of touch points so it's always been that Mm. yeah absolutely I want to talk a bit about your work now compared to um your work before because I think they're both jobs that you know you hear editor at glamour and you kind of think like amazing I mean I think that at one point when I was younger that was very much my dream job I'd love to know and then you know you see business owner and you think that as well I'd love to know what how would how you would compare your work now to your previous work at a bigger company and as an employee you know look the first bucket I loved it I love when you work for someone I love the camaraderie of the team and knowing you're one of them as opposed to sort of slightly Mm. removed and I I, well, clearly the day-to-day job was very, very different. I was always on a plane and going to different places and interviewing celebrities, and that was fun and mental all at the same time. But, yeah. um, and I like the security. The security of working for somebody else is something you don't realise until you don't work for somebody else. And <laughs> yeah. the first, but then the first tranche of starting your business up, I think is really, really exciting. And you're working really, really hard, but it's new and it's fresh and you've got all this kind of energy and enthusiasm for it. The second tranche of, of your business is the hardest and was the most lonely part of it. And I, I think that's where I am. It's, hard, it's like a second <laughs> album, I always think. It's awful. Well, I'm not releasing any of those. People will be pleased to hear. But I feel like I was just thinking, I was like, I'm in the second part. I know I'm in the, the second hardest. part. But I'd love to, you go on about what, you, what you're going to say. It's the hardest it goes on for it. the longest as well. And I think it's kind of oh, like... Great. Everyone wants something new and fresh and have their eyes open. You know, you meet with your friends, what's new? You know, look at a magazine, what's new? You look at a podcast, what's new? And so you're pushing against an open door in many ways. And that plus, you know, the enthusiasm that you have kind of, you know, ready, fizzing out of the bottle makes it a really... just a really, really exciting time. And I think once that's been done, first of all, you set the bar quite high and you've got to then not just sort of um not just kind of 
produce to that level you've got to supersede that in many ways yeah and you've got to keep this thing going rather than it feeling like it's sort of you know is a one-hit wonder and uh and 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 then the start you start asking yourself questions and everyone else around you does which are you know kind of boring but scary things like okay really what money have you made and you know Mm. really what is going to be the next is the not the next two yeah, three where four years where are you going and so i found that very very difficult and i think for me i had a baby by then and mm. i couldn't really afford to live in london and we certainly weren't making anywhere yeah. near enough money and so i really felt like i kind of got myself into this big hole and i had kids to feed mm. And I had, you know, I had a mater- I didn't take a maternity leave. I like kind of took a couple of weeks with the- yeah. and then went back. So it was really, really hard time. Um, but then in a way, because I had no choice, I had to get myself yeah. out of that <laughs> hole, you know? Well, uh- I kind of feel like one of the driving factors of my life is always like, I'm too far in yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, exactly. no matter how stressed I feel, like, oh, but I've just got to pull it together yeah, and like make exactly. it work. And I do think part of it, you know, it's not all of this glamorous, like, oh, we've done this, we've done this. A lot of it is like, well, fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm all the way in. I'm going to have to make it through at the, at the very least. So uh, you know, yeah. tough shit. I like, felt like, let's um, just make it happen. I remember thinking that I felt like I'd sort of jumped off a cliff with sharks mm. in and like I couldn't just freeze I had to swim it was like move now you've yeah. got to move you can't go back up the hill so the only thing to yeah. do is just swim like an idiot to the other end yeah. so it was hard <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I well, also I think... think if someone had come along at that point and said listen you know you don't have to do this. Here's some money. I honestly don't. I honestly think I would have took it. Like it was really, really. Yeah, I do. I do. So I always think about that with you know in the context of my kids and stuff. You know, my parents, my husband. No one was in a position to sort of pull me out or throw me a rope. Yeah. So you know that was sad at the time, but now when I look back, I think that probably was the thing that you know pushed me on. And so it always asks. It always brings up these questions for me of how much support you give your kids and and how much of a kind of safety mm. net you give them because it is so hard. Because it's much better off. Yeah, where yeah. do you draw that line exactly. in the Because you're kind of almost not going to go through this painful journey if you don't have to, I think. Yeah, and and you learn by going through it. I think that's very important. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about this because I think that, first of all, I need it. Second of all, <laughs> I think that people really also need to hear the shit side of running a business and I think that it's also you know don't get me wrong it's a fantastic thing to do and to have a business that that runs and that is successful especially after a good few years and all of that is incredibly it's it's there's a good fortune in it there's luck in it there's hard work in it there's all of these things but I think that you know you hear all the time like oh it's not actually all it seems but you don't hear the details so hard I, I think that you know you really it's really, really important to talk about it because if you were thinking that at some point and there'll be so many people out there who have a business and they just think, you know what? Fuck this. Like, this is too hard. How did you How did you push through that? I think you... I, I do think you've got to be to a degree built mentally in that way. And I don't mean mental strength because I think I've got a lot of... You know, I'm not hugely mentally strong, but I think you've got to sort of see <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> problems as not 
in the same way as a normal person would see a problem. So quite yeah. often, if I you don't see them as a roadblock, you see them as a kind of hurdle. It's just a, it's just a daily, hourly hurdle. Mm. So quite often, if I hear someone who started something and it didn't work out, the reason why it didn't work out, I'd always be like, God, that'd just be like a standard Wednesday problem for me. So yeah. I think you have to be someone who either you're born in a way that you just see that you're brought up in a way that you see problems as just, you know, hurdles, like you say, mm-hmm. or you're someone who can train themselves to see it that way. But I mean, it really is yeah. literally that's kind of the, 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 the driving thing behind it. And I think you also aren't somebody who's really, there's a sloth likeness, I think, to, entrepreneurs and what I mean by that is we're not perfectionists because you haven't got the time you can't move forward done is very much better than perfect yeah you can't move forward and again friends tinkering on with ideas I'm like just bloody move with it you know you're launching (laughs) like a a notepad business I'm not anything about the side of me but you know the designs are nice just move with it that and and you can reiterate it as it goes so I'm quite yeah I, I am not in the detail in that way at all and so I think they're a couple of qualities and you've got to be good at getting stuff out of people like as the business has got loads bigger now we've got about 150 people that work for us I have now realized that my I'm skilled in like one thing out of 100 you know starting off with a proper jack of all trader and that was fine but you are not good at everything and you become even Mm. more aware of that as it as it gets bigger but you yeah. become really good. Like quite often I'll meet someone and I don't even really know what they're saying sometimes, but I'll go, I know you're bright. I know that you know what you're talking yeah. about. I know that's an area you need help in. I'll introduce you to him over there because he's better than me. And mm. you do. So it's kind of very much. Yeah. Make it work. Yeah, and, you, and you have to be nice to people a lot of the time. Like so much of the time, I just beg people. <laughs> And I just nice to people. It'd be nice because you be, you become aware of how crap you are, how much stuff. And so and the, the skills and the jobs that need doing become bigger and more. You just have to be really mm. nice to people to get them to do it for you. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what everyone else does. So, so your <laughs> your main tips in business are you are a sloth. Must swim, must keep swimming, be really nice <laughs> yes. to people and know that you're shit. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And also, you've got to keep a sense of perspective. I think almost on that scale, like, mm. I'm always like, I'm, of course I'm really bothered about it. And there's been times where, you know, I was like, shit, will the children, what, what can we afford food? So, listen, I'm not minimising yeah. it. However, also, I'm, I kind of, I never let it penetrate my soul and mm. you have to, for the long haul, you have to get that into your head. Because because that's when it gets you as well. Yeah. Because I think there'll always be times where you think like, no, you're right, this is too much. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, I'm very much programmed as one of those people who who pushes through problems mainly because if it's, if it's you know, if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, but I also think that there are very much times where I just think, you know what? <laughs> this is like this is too much and yeah. you just have to you have to step back for a Tin few it, minutes on, or a few hours else. or an afternoon give less of a shit and then yeah. yeah and then you kind of you kind of put yeah you push on do you think that that's something that you can you know I, I know that you say you very much had kind of entrepreneurship or entrepreneurialism if that's the word um inside you and that was kind of very much either how you were brought up or you think it's kind of ingrained in you do you think that's something that 
you know, those ideas of pushing through failures or building that resilience or not being a perfectionist. Do you think those are things that you can very much build if you're not naturally kind of predisposed to yeah, being? Yeah, I think it's I always know, useful, whatever you're doing in life, to have, you know, and not even a mentor in an official capacity, but people that you mm. attitudinally or or expertise or or whatever you you learn from and you take you take from. And I think you know, you will find those people. I mean, I'm really big on us all just having a bit of a laugh. And I, I think that came from like a friend of my mum's who just was really good fun at the table. Like you meet these people in your life, don't you? And you think, I love a bit of that. I love a bit of that. I love a bit of that. So I don't think it necessarily, it's clearly it's easier if it's your mum or dad and they're coming home every single night. But it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. You know, as many people as I, I meet will go, oh God, it was a really, my childhood wasn't this. I got all of this mm. from this person or this part of my uh, my working life mm. or, or friends I met at uni or my girlfriend or boyfriend's mm. parents. So it, it, I think it, it doesn't need to be something that is spoken about from being five. There's definitely, yeah. there's definitely very influential people and takes on mm. life that I've had outside of my family. So I think you can, yeah. you, as long as you want it, um, you can find yeah. it anywhere. I mean, Absolutely, because I don't think that, you know, both of my parents were incredibly hard workers and that was like a very defining part of my childhood. They were working all the time and that's what they did. But I think that because of that, it wasn't necessarily that that, you know, because that wasn't around me a lot because they were working. So you, And you don't hate your mum? You don't hate your mum now? I, no, you'll be pleased to hear Good. that I don't hate my mum because I think that, you know, there's part of it that when you're a teenager and you kind of, you see your friends' mums picking them up from school and see them at home in the evenings and see all the, the weekends or whatever. And you kind of think like, huh. And you, you like, I, like, I did have that. I, I think I was like quite bitter for yeah. a bit about it. But actually, I am the most independent person I know. I have always known the value of work. I've always yeah. worked. I've always, you know, and I got to a point where I was like, of course my mum would want a career. Like, yeah. why would my mum not want a career? And the se like the second I was like, oh, it's not her being selfish at all. It's me being selfish or me be me thinking like, oh, if you're someone's mother, you should yeah. be like there for X, Y, and Z. And that taught me more than anything else. That's always good to hear. Like, That's always good to hear because my mum was a stay-at-home yeah. mum. So it's always difficult for me mm. until my kids are 11 and 13 and till they get to your yeah. age... I'm always like, shit, are they going to hate me? And listen, I'm around no, actually quite I can a imagine. lot. But, you know... I, I can imagine it being hard. And I, I never, you know, I, I never want to go into interviews with kind of like women entrepreneurs and ask them about their children because I think that it's just so classic but now that we're on the topic and you've brought it up I feel like we can, <laughs> can um, <ask> <laughs> um but yeah I mean how how is that how is it running a business as a woman as a woman with children as a woman who had children along the way um yeah there are so I mean there are two sides of that there's being a woman running a business and there's the the family side and those expectations how what are your defining parts of that? Well, you know, it's funny because you asked me about sort of what's the skills that are needed to be an entrepreneur and, you know, in your words, my my sloth-like kind of, you know, done, and per, <laughs> done rather than perfect. Those things sort of apply to the, to the mother balance as well, I think. And yeah. so, you know, if you just lower everyone's expectations a bit, then it's sort of fine. You know, I think the problem comes when you try and nail everything. So, you know, um, tonight my daughter is getting picked up by her friend's mum who did it last night as well. And I'm not, I, I'm, I don't get any more mum points from 
taking mm. her to, you know, Pony Club or whatever she's doing tonight. I'll get there <laughs> at the end and see her for 10 minutes. You know? yeah. so, but also you, there's a part of, I feel like, because I feel quite strongly about this because, you know, this was as in this is exactly what I kind of battled with for a long time. Because I was like, how do I feel about this? And I think that actually it is the most defining part of my personality, the fact that I am independent, yeah. the fact that I always know I can cope on my mm. own and I'll always be like, okay. Yeah. And I think, and I also always know that I want to, you know, there was part of the time when I was growing up that I thought like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mum because I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't like going home on the tube for two hours every day while all of my friends are being driven home or I don't, you know, like, but actually the the good it did me I a million percent believe was the best thing that could ever happen to me and made me exactly why I am like I am today that's brilliant and I think um also it's about us we're in a funny kind of generation although you're obviously a lot younger than me I think we are in that generation where you know you still have not the majority of the mums that you saw weren't working but it's just different it's just but that is exactly and you know as we know the pressure should not be on the woman to be the you know to to be at any of I mean any of these things I mean it's a you know you're a mother you want to be you want to be there for your children you want to be you know you don't want to be the one like I remember literally always saying to my mum like all of my mum's, all of my friends' parents are friends. Like, why are you not there? Like, <laughs> we could go on holiday together. And like, all of these things that actually, it there should be this kind of balance between the two. And there always yeah. was, I mean, in my family, because both my parents worked so hard, but so it's kind of like, at least you're both doing the, you know, the, the same thing. But it's exactly that. It's that, you know, as women, and I don't, I don't obviously have children, but as women, there is this expectation that not only do you have to balance everything, but it's so clear that we think that that affects work or we think that that's not, that our society is not set up for women to work yet in the very fact that in every interview you were much more likely to be asked about that than your husband would be about, you know, like business thing or that whole, you know, I have a whole section within the book where it's essentially being like, you know, there are some wild stats on how many FTSE 100 CEOs think it's acceptable to ask in an interview whether as in a job interview whether someone has children or is planning to have children mm-hmm. and it's like also the only reason you would be asking that is if you thought that the processes in place at your workplace weren't good enough to make sure that women mm-hmm. could have children mm-hmm. and it not affect their work or and it not affect their well, career you know, so it's this kind of self-perpetuating cycle it's funny because the other reason why I was kind of really motivated to start my own business was because my when I left magazines I could see there was no flexi working and there was no part-time working allowed and for women so I would be seeing women who were sort of three to five years older than me going off on maternity leave and then all of them like hitting this brick wall because they weren't allowed to come back Mm. three days four days they weren't allowed any flexi time so their careers mm. just fell off a cliff. So partly, yeah. you know, it, it not, it's not a security blanket. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, that, mm. I can't have that happen to me. So in a positive way, which is awful yeah. as well, <laughs> because as we know there were writers that they, they, they were skilled writers, and mm. you know that that was it. You wouldn't see them again after thirty, thirty-two, whatever, when they went off and had the baby. It was like, 
without yeah. without question. You see, people one in mm. fifteen that came back full time, and her husband or she was she, she was using an analyst, and there just wasn't that ability at all. So mm. I've seen that move phenomenally in my working lifetime. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to ask, as a business owner, how do you then make sure that that doesn't that isn't a thing? <laughs> to an extent, in your organisation. Yeah. Well, we've had Flexi working at Neon for years and actually sort of from a, a selfish point of view, I find it easier to manage people on a, you know, on their KPIs and on what they need to do mm. as opposed to mm-hmm. managing them their time. On that, yeah. I mean, I don't care. I, I've made a big thing of during lockdown. If the sun's shining, I'll take a longer lunch. Why aren't you? The sun's shining. Come on, let's finish this meeting. Yeah, I, I post on Slack being like, hello, everyone. The sun is shining. I hope you're yeah, outside. Yeah, exactly. Like, please exactly. feel free to cancel any meetings you have with me that are Zooms and make the calls instead so you can be sitting out. Exactly. And I, I, but I think that's important. And yeah, I think I it's do. important to what, what big corporate or not even big corporate, what a lot of organizations don't recognize is the fact that if something works for the CEO, then there's probably a chance that it will work for the rest of the yeah. people. So for example, if I went down to a four day week, which I won't anytime soon, I'd love to, but if I went down to a four day week and it worked really well for me and it made me more productive and it made me more restful and it made me enjoy my life more, then why on earth wouldn't that be the case for, for other people within my organisation? Also, the, the, the conversation is very much about what people are not doing. So, you know, taking time out of work, taking time out of, you know, it's sunny. And and actually what we're not recognising is the things that people, to balance that, do. So we're really tough at name. Like, we're a fast-growth business. Do not think, just because we're a well-being brand, everyone's sort of lolling around doing four-hour days and, yeah. you know, drinking every afternoon. There's days like that for sure. But also Mm. there's times where we're on deadline or something fucks up and it's like everyone works ridiculously hard, way over what they would have Mm. been asked, you know, typically to do. And that's the balance of Flexi. The balance is when it works for you, pull it that way. When it works for me, pull Mm. it this way. And if everyone has that attitude, that's when Flexi mm. works really, really well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But I, I want to quickly talk to you um, about funding. So yeah. I know that you, that Neon received private equity funding. Firstly, how did you decide to fundraise for Neon? What, what stage were you at? What kind of was like, this is what we need to do. We need to raise money. We were in a different place. So I think a lot of people in that we got funding at sort of year 13, 14, which is quite late. And we've been approached a lot by trade to to, to buy Neon. And, you mm. know, we were a bit like, well, that's kind of, you know, we've sort of got to a big T-junction here. And, you know, at how old was I then? 37. It just felt too young to sort of, you know, get off the bus, really. And so mm. to get funding and go to the next level. <laughs> God, I've got a long way to go. Yeah, well, no, because, you know, <laughs> it took, as I said, we built it slowly. But I think... Um, 
it was sort of an idea. It was it was really our commitment to the next chapter and wanting to take it to the mm. next level. And so what was really good about that was it was a choice. It wasn't, you know, we we've got this. to build this business and to build it, there's no other way than to get cash. We had enough cash. Um, but mm. to take it to the next level, it was really either continue sort of quite slowly, sell it or take on funding and kickstart ourselves to the next sort of chapter of growth. And so because we were in that position of choice rather than being pushed into having to, you know, oh, goodness, we need the cash. The benefit of that was we could choose who we went with. And, you know, we chose mm. Piper's and, they, you know, those guys and they've been their friends mm. that we've loved working with them. They've been great. And we still own majority. So we did a deal where, you know, Ollie and I, my uh, part, my business partner, we own a majority of the of the business still. So we make all the decisions. So it was a really mm. good, for me, healthy position to be in. And, and I've said to you before, you know, it's horses for courses. Some people want to, got this idea they want a billion pound company and they want to build it. And they don't care if they only own 3% of that. And they want to work with the hardest private equity people and, 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 and. And then you've got other people who don't want anything to do with that and want to just quite calmly do something on their own. And then there's people in the middle. And so, you know, the, the goal is very different and the journey is very different dependent on what you personally want yeah. out of it. So sorry, I was going to say that how has running the business and how has being in the business changed since you did raise funding? So again, I think our story is very different to most because so we'd be mindful of kind of people thinking this is the way it is with private equity. I think yeah, our partner is absolutely. very different, but we and and also the deal that we've got where you know they are in a minority means that really they're there as help, support, guidance. They're good friends that have great contacts and have done it before. It's like a kind of yeah. mentorship on steroids, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of pool of pool of help. Yeah, that exactly is so incredibly valuable, and it also is incentivized to make sure you do yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, why I asked, I'm, I'm glad you answered like that. Is exactly because you know I think as we were saying before, there is this tendency to see something like VC as like the be all and end all or like the big kind of like, wow, I've got a VC backed business or, you know, it's going to be super high growth or we need this person or whatever it might be. And I think that that is a real, you know, it's a real key to know that there are so many different options out there. And there's also an entirely different suitability for each of those based on what your business is. Totally. So I'm going to quickly ask you about um, hardly working. Some of my questions for hardly working um, were a few of these kind of like having it all type questions. Yeah. So we'll, we'll recap some of them. Um, but I just want to get to know about your life, you know, outside of work and how that interacts with your life inside of work. So number one, Netflix or a walk? Both. Number two, after work or a... Uh, after work, a cup of tea or a glass of wine? Oh, a glass of wine. Letting off steam, a workout or a night out? Both. Oh, good. <laughs> Maybe at once? Mm. You could take your running trainers. No, I don't do that. Working out's working out. Night out is night <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, introvert or extrovert? Extrovert on a weekend. Sorry, I'm so on the fence with these, aren't I? Extrovert on a weekend, introvert during the week. I'd love to know what wellness means to you and like what wellness is to you in a practical sense. So wellness to me is about a toolkit of many different elements. It really is a bugbear of mine when people think that they can, you know, 
have a really unhealthy lifestyle and then batter the gym for an hour at the end of the day and they're into wellness on ps they take like vitamins wellness is yeah. about those <laughs> sounds like me <laughs> <laughs> don't do that grace uh, wellness is Oops, about taking is about the little moments during the day mm. and it's a build-up of the basic pillars that you need to you know have due regard to so it's the food you put in you it's the time you spend outside it's the time you spend with your friends it's the moments you take for yourself it's recognizing your own um needs a bit like the introvert extrovert conversation that we had it's about you know supplementing that life in some ways via a supplement or via something else that might need doing when those things become off kilter Mm. knowing who you are and not going by, are these the five things that I need to take? You know, being self-aware. Yeah. Um, so it's mm. about a toolkit of things and approaches and lifestyle elements that, by the way, you enjoy and you like, because otherwise you won't stick to it. Um, mm. And and I think it's certainly not dumbing that down in any way and seeing that as a luxury. It's ultimately mm. being able to see the collection of those things as something that's paramount to you leading not only a best life, but, you know, a, a good life. Um, first of all, I'd, I'd really like to know how you think people can develop that kind of self-awareness and that knowledge of themselves and what works for them. I think you've got to put time into that. I think it's trial and error. I think, you know, and you should enjoy it. Like your life should be part of learning and developing and so, you know, it's not like, right, I've got to find out quickly in the next week, what's my well-being toolkit? You can't do that. Yeah. You know, you might have to try 10 exercises till you find the one that works for you. you know, it took me like mm. quite late in life to really understand the type of workouts that actually kind of work for me. Um, and it will evolve as well. Yes, exactly. I think it's exactly. a really to know. Be fluid with it. We, we're so, again, I think it's sort of a life of, I blame myself for this, so, you know, writing those magazine mm. articles, five ways to feel better by Tuesday. I mean, come on. Mm. It's like... <laughs> it's Tuesday and I still feel exactly, shit. Exactly. It's Monday. Come on, we haven't got long work. You, we've got to be <laughs> more... This, this is about being... Part of being kind, so we think about being kind to ourselves, and what does that really mean? That's so yeah. difficult. It kind of makes you more anxious, thinking, "Well, how can I be kind?" Yeah. Part of just take that pressure off. And and how do you maintain that feeling of wellness while kind of hectically running a business? Well, if I don't maintain a feeling of wellness, then I really don't enjoy running the business. So it's mm. it, it's not it's that's that again is another issue. Is you sort of thinking it's another thing to do. If you think it's another yeah. thing to do, it's gone wrong already. It should be something that, so, you know, I've been working since really Well, I think this is me, so, sorry, I was going to say this is me holding my hands up to say I'm the type of person who's like, I will wellness on the weekend. Yeah, well, <laughs> I exactly. will not wellness you know, today. So, like today, for example, I had to get really early to do this shoot, and I'm doing this with you, and I've been talking all day, and I've not stopped and everything. So it, I, will, I will make sure that I have a good lunch break after this and get a really nice lunch. And then at the end of the day mm. today, I really don't like having, I was in London till late last night and I'll, cr- I'll clock off an hour early. So that's kind of, I'm already, I'm not even, I just naturally sort of have to build that balance in now. But then not similarly, mm. if I had a day where it was the whole day off, I wouldn't not work for a bit because that's part of the excitement too. So when you just sort of go with the balance, I think a little bit more and kind of feel 
there's no point in going, I've had te- three terrible days. Well, well, why? Yeah. Why have you? Yeah. You know, but similarly, I don't always, I don't like having a complete week where I don't check in. That doesn't only yeah. freak me out, but that imbalances me a bit the other way. So. Well, I think the thing is with me is that I know that that shouldn't be the case. <laughs> I know that it's not good for me or my work or anything. And yet here we are. But so, you're also at that stage where you're, the adrenaline from something new mm. um, pushes you on a bit. And that's fine. You know, mm. you, you just recognize that. The business is still young, yeah. you, you know, you're, 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 you're building something very much sort of still in, in that first coming onto second tranche. And so, yes, you need to look after yourself, but I think it's also about being aware of where you are in life. I remember, you know, I had a um, lunch with a fitness and wellbeing influencer, brilliant person. And I was about a year ago, I was like, oh, I'm just not exercising enough. And she went, well, why are you trying to do exercise four times a week at the moment? It's clearly not going to fit into your lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that is that is key as well. You have to set yourself up for success when... I think one of the things about the idea of, you know, wellness and everything is you need to make it not scare you off. Like, you need to make it not this big thing that you... This big kind of end goal of being, like, holistically, perfectly well and, like, all of that. It has to, you know, the way I see it is I know that I'm hectic in my work. I know that I also want to see my friends. I know that I also want to act like a 24-year-old and all of these, like, various different things. And so I... I know that my wellness isn't necessarily always going to be about being slow. It's about making sure I get a workout in in the morning because that's how I feel good and that's how but I feel. It also, I can but Grace, it might also about... be having a fish finger sandwich in the bath at lunchtime today. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Though it might be like you might just think that would be the most indulgent twenty minutes. I would like a candle. Th- I'm too much of a control freak. I'm a root, uh, but that's the thing. I think wellness for me involves sticking to my routine. You've got to throw it work. Well, look, if it works for you, fine. If it works for you and you yeah. enjoy it, fine. No, I also know that in my head, I mean, I'm too hectic and frantic and need to stop. Well, again, <laughs> so sort of, at least I'm aware of it's it. It's seeing it. I think for you, then it might be you might be still at the stage where you're seeing it as a luxury and not a necessity. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes people to have a bit of a burnout until they really flip that switch. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, it can be a big old hard burnout or it can just be a I'm really I'm really tipping the balance and this isn't as cool as it once was. So, you yeah. know, sometimes that's the way it goes. But I, I do think you're probably still in that category where you're probably seeing it as either something to be done, something which makes your life a bit, you know, you're 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 nailing it a bit more. It's like, you know, wearing a, a nice top or knowing where to go for dinner on a Friday night. But it's not. So once you see mm-hmm. it as that necessity, then I think you'll it'll it'll start impacting. But it really is a small things. You do it alongside yeah. your work, you know? I think actually that is part of my wellness when I think about it too, because I spent so long trying to act like, you know, that my whole time at university, I was just working. I'd work my full university day as, you know, in the library, and then I'd come home and work on the businesses. And I was so determined to grow up so quickly because I saw that as like success Mm. and adulthood and having these businesses that actually part of my wellness now is knowing that I'm 20 fucking four and I need to be able to to go out and have fun with my friends and be you know and and all of that and that is 
I, I feel, can that be part of my wellness, Nicola? That is 100% part of your wellness. 100%. I'm so glad. That's one thing I'm doing right there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> like, you've got to know that because otherwise you'll hit the wall at some point. And it happens with everyone. Yeah. You know, everyone it, yeah. it ultimately, why are you in such a rush? Like, it's brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. But you've just got to say to yourselves, and listen, I was the same. I had this thing that at 25, I needed to have done X, Y, and Z, and at 30, I needed to do X, mm. Y, and Z and stuff. And then you end up with, you know, reaching all your goals at 40, and you suddenly like, then you have a midlife crisis going, oh, Jesus, what's the next tranche of yeah. goals? So. I mean, I might already be there, Nicola. I oh, might be having no. a midlife crisis, but early. Like, <laughs> no, that, that's that's fine. Thanks so much. I'll just deal with that on my own time. Um, no, but actually, thank you so much for coming on. This has been fantastic. Thank I feel you. like we've talked about lots of very important things, um, but also had fun with it, which is what it's all about, really. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Working Hard, Hardly Working. I have been Grace Beverly and you can find me at Grace Beverly, L-E-Y, remember that one, on Instagram and on LinkedIn if you are that way inclined. Please, after listening to this episode, it really, really helps if you can leave a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. That seems to be the best way to help out a podcast at the moment. But please like the episode, subscribe, share it, tag me, tag your friends do whatever you want to do but spread the word and let me know what you'd like to see next on any of my social platforms just get in touch I'd love to talk about some more interesting things so shoot your suggestions my way and I will see you next time